0: The theme of this year is we've been celebrating God's goodness. Yeah. One of the good things about God is Zertek. <laughs> so we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. You've heard some very powerful messages this year about God's goodness, including how he has gifted us and people in the Bible experiencing God's goodness when they have encountered him. Yeah. And... Just like last week's message, any of the messages that maybe you've missed or you want to hear again, we have ways for you to do that. You can listen to them. You can watch them. You can go to the church website or the Coastal app. Anywhere you are that you have internet, you can watch the messages. So I would encourage you to do that. And man, last week, we call it Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Didn't Adam do such an amazing job? I tell you. (laughs) I echo what the pastor says, the, just the way God has gifted people. And I've seen just the four and a half years we've been here, how God has brought together a family of people gifted in some things that are public up here and some things that are very behind the scene. And he's not doing that just for no reason. He's preparing us for what he's going to do in and through us. And that's going to be... So exciting! So again, if you did not get to hear Adam's message, um, talked about forgiveness, power, and victory over death. Wow. wow, just those three topics in themselves can change our lives if we can get a good grasp on them. So today, kind of coincidentally, as it's gonna lead up to a few weeks to the XO Conference, we'll be talking about love. And this is a message that's been kind of germinating in my heart for several months, and I'd play with it a little bit, and then I'd put it aside, but it's really been on my mind a lot later. So as I do when I had the privilege of speaking, I'm going to preach to myself this morning, and if you get something out of it, that's a bonus, okay? Hopefully, you will. So the title is today, What's Love Got to Do With It? How many of you know the Tina Turner song, What's Love Got to Do With It? I'm going to put you at ease. I'm not going to sing that for you this morning. (laughs) It's important to know what your gifts are and what they're not, and we'll leave the singing up to the team. And um, if you ask, maybe Fred and the team will do a special rendition of it for you for some some event that you may have. Um, It's just so much that we can say about love. So as we get ready to get started, I want you to take just a minute individually and think of a one-sentence definition of love. Just whether you're sitting in this room or you're watching online or you're watching later, just get a one-sentence definition of love in your mind. And after I count to three, I want all of you at the same time out loud to yell out your definition of love. Ready? One, two, three. One, two, three. Wow, that was interesting. <laughs> How many different definitions do we have? Probably, I don't know, maybe 100 people in the room, probably about 200 definitions. Would that be pretty reasonable? Love means so many things to so many people. Sometimes it means good things. Sometimes it means things that bring back tough memories. But one of the ways we're so restricted in the English language is we have one word for love. And love is way more than one word can encompass. I mean, think about the things that we love. We love our car. We love our dogs and our cats. We love the Flagler weather. We really love that. We love our favorite sports team. We love chocolate cake. We love our kids. We love our spouses. We love God. We may love good things and we may love bad things. So if you just think about all those different things and the list could go on and on and on, and there's a lot of different... That's that? We love our flag. We love our flag, yes. It's, we can certainly add that to the list. But there's a lot of confusion in the world today about what love is. I see a lot of heads nodding and that's, that's not something that's new in the world. Satan has been working in that realm since the beginning of his time but it seems like it's gotten really pronounced here lately. So to put your mind at ease, if you haven't thought about it lately, in 1 Corinthians 14, 33, it says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. So if you are confused about something, that does not come from God. God wants you to have peace, which there's not a lot of peace in the midst of confusion. So what is love? That's a question we could do a whole series on. I won't do a whole series this morning. We'll try to keep it to one message. But Pastor Rod did a great series um, on love. And again, I'll emphasize this. It's available on the website and the app. If you want to go deeper into some of the things we're going to talk about today, please go back and listen to some of the, the messages. If you have ever been to a wedding or a similar event, Love is always talked about. And one of the most popular passages that's used to describe love is 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. It tells us a little bit about what love is and what love is not. So it says, Love is patient and kind. Just talking to somebody this morning about patience and how wonderful that is when we have to wait. Love does not envy or boast, it is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. But before we can get deeper into this and really talk about what love is, let's look at a couple of foundational truths that'll set the the stage for this. In 1 John 4, 19, I know this was a cornerstone verse for your series, but we've got to get this, guys. We love because God first loved us. Do you notice the order of that? It doesn't say we love, so God loves us. We love because God first loved us. Have you ever tried to give anything away that you didn't have? If you don't have his love, you can't give it away. It all starts with God. And our love priorities are crucial as we live our lives here on earth. Man, priorities are so important in every area of our lives, but priorities of love are so crucial. So again, some more foundational material in Matthew 22. It says, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So it sounds pretty clear to me. You notice I didn't say pretty easy. I said it sounds pretty clear. But again, that's a whole message for another time. And just in case we need a practical reason to love others, again, let's see what the Bible says. Because I hope you didn't come in here today just thinking you're going to hear my opinion and what I have to say. If you've got a problem with this stuff, meet with God today. Meet with God this week and talk to him about it. Because in John 13, it says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Is there a need in the world today for people to know who Jesus' disciples are? Absolutely. People are looking for hope. They're looking for love in so many places. Unfortunately, they're finding it or think they're finding it in so many places besides where a true love is. And then in the next chapter of John 14, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. It's not about being perfect, guys. It's about our heart. It's what comes from our heart. So some say that when Jesus was on the cross, as we've, again, recognized probably more prominently on Resurrection Sunday, that three nails held Jesus on the cross. I've heard it said that, yes, physically that's what held him on the cross, but love is what held him on the cross. Love for me, love for you, love for the people that you like or love, and love for the people that you may not like. You may not love. You may even use the word hate. Doesn't matter. God's love. Jesus' love for us is what held him on the cross. So a little while ago, I mentioned that, you know, the English language has one word to describe love. Well, luckily in the Bible, it expounds a lot on that. There are more ways to describe love. And I'm going to follow Barry's lead when he teaches on Wednesday nights. Please don't hold me to pronunciations. I think I worked on this a little bit, but, um, if you have a better or correct pronunciation, um, you can text me later. Please don't yell it out during the, the message. So let's look at four types of love that we find in the Bible. Now, how would most of you pronounce that word? Store hay. Very good. Very good. It's not storage or store age. It's store hay. This is the affectionate type of love. It means when you're devoted to someone. In Romans 12 10, we read, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. The type of love talked about here is storehay love. John, 1 John 3 16. Most of us can recite John 3 16. I even slipped and said that before I said 1 John because it's so common. But in 1 John three sixteen, it says, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. We talk about what held Jesus on the cross. He was devoted to us that a, a level of devotion I can't understand. Um, you should be thankful I wasn't the one called on to hang on the cross for you. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure I would have been quite that devoted, maybe to two or three of you, and that's because my son and my wife are in the room. The rest of you, I'd have to work on it a little bit. But what a level of devotion that is. Store hay is the type of love we have for family members, including our children. And I think this is a great time to talk about This type of love is not just when everything is fun and not just when everything's going well. So how many in the room have children, juvenile or adult? Keep your hands up. If your hand's not up, how many of you are somebody's child? (laughs) Okay. That should cover the room. (laughs) If you don't understand that, Pastor Rod will help you with it after the service with Parent-child relationships, do they always go perfect? Is it always anybody a parent of teenagers? Gosh, my parents, when I was a teenager, I don't know how they made it. Um, it was an interesting time. All right, who knew me as a teenager? I heard an amen back there somewhere. <laughs> For you parents of teenagers, you may be challenged sometimes with their thinking and your thinking. So takes real devotion to to love our children the second kind of love we're going to look at is phileo not phileo phileo what common city's name do we get philadelphia how many have been to philadelphia last (laughs) night how was it You know, it's funny that we talk about this. Years ago, a gentleman I worked with and his son and and John, our son, and I, we used to go each year in the fall to a NFL preseason game and a Major League Baseball game. Because we were in Virginia, we'd go to Philadelphia or we'd go to Baltimore. But one particular time we went to Philadelphia and we stayed, it was usually like a two- or three-day trip, we stayed in a hotel in Philadelphia. We got on, and I know I can read, on the bus it said, courtesy bus. So I'm thinking, we're in the city of brotherly love in Philadelphia. Where we didn't get on the mean bus. We got on the courtesy bus. So I just asked the driver very nicely, "Um, how long into the evening does this bus run? Oh my gosh. You would have thought I'd asked him for a thousand bucks. It was like, why are you inconveniencing me with a question? So I guess I assumed some things and thought that the courtesy bus would be driven by the courtesy driver. <laughs> I just made that connection in my mind, but it didn't it didn't work that way. Friendship love usually develops over having something in common, maybe a hobby, maybe your faith, maybe because you're put in close proximity with somebody that um, at work or in another setting and This is not in my notes, but but let me just step over here, and this is no charge, a little bit of extra thing here. So many problems in the world can be eliminated or stopped even before they start if we keep this in proper boundaries. Married men, married ladies, you don't need phileo love with a member of the opposite sex. I'm sorry, I know people tell me, oh, had a 20, 30-year successful friendship with a member of the opposite sex. My wife is okay with that. You may be one of the exceptions, but I can tell you from, wow, I think back even from years as a police officer and from years as a, a pastor and doing counseling, so many times married men and women, this is not limited to one gender, get close to somebody of the opposite sex and it leads to a place that it doesn't need to leave. Okay? So if you have a problem with that, that's not from the Bible. That's from Joey. You can be mad at me, but I don't think I'll back down from that one. So let's see what the Bible says. 1 Samuel 18, verses 1 through 3. After David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond between them, for Jonathan loved David. From that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. That sounds like devotion and commitment to me. This is the type of love often found in Christian community. And we don't pretend that just because it's in the church, everything will go wonderful. In fact, the closest of friends, probably it's a good idea to have disagreements. If not, then you're just talking about the weather or, you know, the color of the walls or something. If you are close to someone in a phileo love type of relationship, you're going to disagree. Sometimes I don't even agree with myself. So I expect you would disagree with another person, but it's how we work through those. It's also interesting to remember here that the people you hang out with are the people that influence you. So we as the church, Coastal, and as the Capital C Church, believers everywhere, we're not supposed to insulate ourselves from the world. We are not supposed to act like the world, but we are supposed to be in this world, but we're supposed to be the influencers, not the influencees. Probably not a word, but you, you get what i uh, I mean, so it's important to know who's influencing you. Let's look at Eros love. We refer to Eros love as romantic love. Words to describe Eros love may include passion, romance, romantic. There's a physical attraction involved. Many times, romantic love can start as affectionate love, but it leads into something much, much deeper. God created Eros love as well as all types of love. So if he created it, who did he create it for? Us. He didn't create Eros love for plants and for the ocean And the the, the sand, as wonderful as those things are, he created for us. He also set boundaries for Eros love. This is the one that when we're in our lane with it and when we work within the boundaries that God creates. How many people like boundaries in their lives? How many people like speed limit signs? Many less hands. Did you get a ticket this week? Just kidding. I saw the way you left Lowe's the other day. You should have, but just kidding. Boundaries in our lives are good. When the speed limit on 95 is posted at 70, it's not Interstate 70 posted at 95 miles per hour. It's important to get those right. When the speed limit is posted at 70, first of all, it's not realistic to believe everybody's going to do 70. 70. However, there's been a lot of energy and effort and studying put into what is the maximum speed limit that is most likely to allow you to travel safely. So it's a boundary. Now, not everybody, or let's just be real, not all the time when we speed on I-95 do we get a ticket. Not every time when we speed on 95 do we get caught do we have an accident? But generally, the speed limit is there. It's a boundary to keep us safe. Guardrails on the interstate are boundaries. If you, you know, now with the cars that we have, and I know looking at Rod's Val's car they got, it's like, I don't know, you have, do you have to plug your phone in before it'll start? It's like a command center that comes up, and it tells you when you're going out of your lane to the right, and it tells you when you're going out of your Right to the left, and that's, it will keep you in your lane, you know. It worries me a little bit. I'm not to the point I'm ready to ride in a car that drives for me. I'm just, if you guys are there, you're ahead of me. But boundaries are good in all areas of our lives. The one boundary that the world is fighting so much today, and it breaks my heart, have family, have friends that refuse to see this as a boundary, is God designed Eros love to be between a man and a woman. If you disagree with that, if you're living in a lifestyle that is not within that boundary, know that God loves you, Know that Coastal loves you and know that leadership would love to sit down with you and show you what, you know, people say, I should bring my paper Bible up here. It's like 52 versions on the Bible here on this. We would love to sit down with you and not tell you why we think you're wrong. We would love to sit down with you and love you through what the Bible says. I believe so many problems in the world would be avoided if we stay within boundaries. But you know what? We talked a little bit ago about Jesus dying on the cross. He died for people within the boundaries, and he died for people outside of the boundaries. I don't care what area of your life you're talking about. I don't care what area of your life you're talking about. So, let's see what the Bible says about Eros' love. The Song of Solomon, one of the sweetest Chapters And I cannot look at my wife while I read this. She was listening to this this week, and if I look at her, well, anyway. <laughs> Song of Solomon 1, verses 2 through 4. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For your love is more delightful than wine. Pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes. Your name is like perfume poured out. No wonder the young women love you. Take me away with you. Let us hurry. Let the king bring me into his chambers. Wow. That was just a warm up. Okay. You ready? Let's go. In the seventh chapter, how beautiful you are and how pleasing, my love, with your delights. Your stature is like that of the palm, and your breasts like clusters of fruit. I say, I will climb the palm tree. I will take hold of its fruit. May your breasts be like the clusters of grapes on the vine, the fragrance of your breath like apples. That's not Joey. That's the Bible. I'm not sure who's in charge of the air conditioning, but could somebody check them? It's gotten warm in here in the last few minutes. We are. uh, Well, guys, I don't know if they'll say these exact words in the EXO conference. There are advantages to reading the Bible with your wives, okay? Maybe not in Lamentations and some of it, you may not have the same experience, but Song of Solomon is a great book to read together. I think you get the point of Eros love. Now let's move into agape love. This is the one that we probably hear the word agape more than the other type. It's referred to as the perfect love, the unconditional love. The Bible has so much to say about it. It was really difficult for me to narrow down what I was going to bring to you from God's word today. But let's start in Galatians 5. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Remember what we read earlier? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out beware of destroying one another. So that tells me the contrast there. If we are biting and devouring one another with words, with Facebook posts, with gossip behind somebody's back, we could go into a lot of different ways. We're not expressing the type of love that is given as an example here. And in Matthew, the fifth chapter, You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Sounds like an easy thing to do, right? I love my neighbor, want to like hate my enemy. So glad it doesn't stop there. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your father in heaven. This is one I struggled with for a long time. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. Doesn't seem fair, does it? Bible doesn't say it's fair. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. I love that verse 47. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even the pagans do that. We've already talked about we should be different. People can tell that we are his followers if we obey his command. The Bible has more to say how we treat our enemies. Isn't this the fun part? I mean, do you want a second just to get a picture of your worst enemy in your mind so you can think about this verse? Or am I meddling now? (laughs) Yeah, good. (laughs) I'm going to meddle, okay? (laughs) Let's look in Romans 12. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. There shouldn't be the motive for doing this, okay? <laughs> I see some looks, you know, it's like, yeah, if I do this, burning coals. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This includes people who have hurt you, and it may involve a level of forgiveness. Another one of those fun topics that's a message all in itself. Nobody says it's easy, but it's necessary. And if you're like me, you know some people who are real easy to love. I mean, I'm sure very quickly you can get a picture of somebody in your mind, family, friend, coworker somebody that's just easy to love. You love to be around them. They're just the nicest person. You don't struggle loving them at all. But there are some that may be difficult to love. This could be for a variety of reasons. Some of these reasons include people of a different color, people of a different religion, people from the same religion, but that have different theological beliefs. So we, it's not just between the church and the non-churched. It can be right in the church. People affiliated, here we go, people affiliated with a different political party who have different political beliefs. One of the things I love about what Pastor Rod has said, we preach the word, we live our convictions. Hopefully our convictions are based on God's word. But if you have two believers that have a differing opinion about something, there's a chance that one's going to be wrong. Maybe we'll sort it all out in heaven. Maybe it won't even be important then. I don't know. But Um, when we have different political views or different religious views, sometimes it can increase the degree of difficulty to love someone. So think back to last week as we celebrated Easter. We celebrated Resurrection Sunday. This love Jesus expressed for us was not a one-time event. Yes, there was a physical event that happened on the cross. And it's the greatest act that I can never even ever imagine, even realizes I probably understand that much of that much. I just don't claim to fully understand it. But it did not stop there. The love Jesus expressed for us on the cross continues into every day. Do you know he's praying for you right now? Can you imagine that? A lot of us grew up with, Moms or dads or grandmas or granddads that pray for us that maybe we knew it because they would get down on their knees beside their bed at night, and like me, they're a little hard to hear, and so they think God needs hearing hear in age two, and they're praying <laughs> very loudly, or maybe they're soft, whispered prayers. But just think how much those types of prayers mean to us, have meant to us on our journey to get where we are now, knowing we have not arrived. One of my favorite phrases to use when I'm talking to people is, is we're on a journey to continue to become the man or the woman God created us to be. That journey, that's right. That journey does not stop when we get ordained, when we graduate from high school, when we become 50, when we become 80, That journey is continuous until the day we leave this portion of eternity. Because I'm one that interprets it that we're living in eternity now. We're just living the part of it that's on earth. And when we leave this earth physically, when we die a physical death, then we are going to live the rest of it. So think about that. Jesus loves you more than if you take your greatest definition of love that you, could, you wouldn't even touch the type of love he has for you. So nothing we do, good or bad, changes his love for us. He doesn't respond differently to us based on our behavior, based on our thoughts, based on the things we do and the things we don't do. So the question is not how does Jesus respond to us? How do we respond to him? And again, it doesn't matter if you're 12 or you're 40 or you're 90 in the room. It doesn't matter if you've done prison time. It doesn't matter if you've been a goody (laughs) two-shoes. not sure which one's better. But anyway, it doesn't matter what your journey has been. Jesus' love for you is the same. His love is about him. There's nothing you can do to earn his love. On your very best day of getting everything right, he does not love you any more or any less than on your very worst day when you're getting everything very wrong. If you fully comprehend that, maybe you can help me with that. To me, that's just, a, you know, I'm here. That, that, that's up here for me. It's a little bit over my head. And it's free. It is a gift. So if you have some time in your life Many years ago, or even recently accepted this gift of love that we call salvation, it is always a good idea to be reminded of our commitments daily. When we wake up every morning, it's good to think about the salvation that we walk in. We don't need to get saved every day, but we walk out that salvation every day. In fact, um, maybe more than once a day. We might need to be reminded of that. If you have never accepted this gift of love, I encourage you to make this decision here today, which is the single most important decision you will ever make in your life. Think about the things we've talked about we love. Doesn't matter what house we buy. Really, it doesn't matter who we choose for our spouse or who chooses us if we get things out of order and our love with God. Is not our foundation. It's not about saying the right words or repeating a prayer. It's about making the commitment. And we will have the opportunity in here just to share that commitment with each other verbally, but it will be a commitment to God. The Bible says in Romans 10 9, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Fred, would you guys come back up, the the team? Appreciate y'all so much. While they're getting prepared, because they're doing stuff I don't understand, and it always works out, but I'm I'm just going to give us an opportunity to to make that commitment again or make for the very first time today. So you don't have to close your eyes, but you can close your eyes if you want. It's not about saying the perfect words, but it comes out from here. So if you would like to renew that commitment or make that commitment for the first time, church family, you know how we do it. We pray out loud to encourage them. That's part of being a family. So if you will repeat after me, Father, thank you. for your love, love. the many types of love, love. and how you express them them. to us while we're here on earth. Thank you that we celebrated and continue to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Christ. Father, today, today, I commit my life to you. Jesus, I ask you to come in and take control as my Savior and my Lord. Father, would you put people around me who will love me right where I am and teach me what it means to be your child. In Jesus' name. Amen.